0: Welcome to episode four of the Clinch Fight Podcast. This is our first UFC episode and we are going to preview the heavyweight title contest this Saturday between Stipe Meosic and the challenger Francis Ngannou. The two previously met at UFC 220 January 2018. Meosic won a unanimous decision. However, the champ once again comes in as the underdog as Ngannou has now rid a long knockout streak coming into this fight. It should be a great fight, regardless of who wins it. We also, we'll also also look at the other card, other fights that are on the card as well, and give you the prediction to see how we think they are going to go. First, without further ado, we'll talk about the main event. Oli, Myosic is regarded as the greatest heavyweight in mixed martial arts history. He's beaten some top names, including Daniel Cormier, Alistair Overeem, Junior Dos Santos, Fabrizio Vadum. The the list just goes on, to be fair. The guy's cleaned up. Why is he considered the underdog for this fight?
1: Well, for me personally, to start, you look at the two fighters and you look at Francis Ngannou, the man just looks like a freak. He looks like a freak in nature that can just kill absolutely anything with his bare hands. And I think that may kind of sway a little bit, but also... His recent fights, the viciousness of the KOs that he's been producing, uh, the Strike KO, the Velasquez KO, where he barely clips him and he just puts him out, arguably the GOAT of heavyweight MMA. Um, I think that's a big factor in why he his favorite. Mario, which is favourite. And Mojic, of course, coming off that trilogy, uh, where Daniel Cormier in the first one getting knocked out, I think has also swayed the uh, the odds in Ngannou's favour with just suffering that knockout loss. Um, and just how Ngannou has gone about his re- previous fights is just in a way that you don't forget what he's been, what he's done. Whereas, the, like the Miotic versus Cormier 3 fight, it was a decision and it was kind of just, you, you kind of forget sort of what happened in the fight. You just know Miotic won a decision. Whereas when Ngannou fights, you know he's fourth and you know you're going to see highlight reels everywhere. Personally, for me, that's why I think he has been put odds on by the bookies.
0: I think another key thing as well to remember is for the last, let's say a good part of the best part of two and a half years Myosic has been training for one opponent and that's Daniel Cormier and all of a sudden now he's with a completely different style Uh, not a shorter wrestler it's now a big stand-up machine in Nganu
1: Yeah, he's fighting a former Olympian for the last three fights to then go and fight an absolute freak of nature that takes people's heads off with one punch it is a is a definite different opponent that he's coming up against,
0: and and like you said, like Engaru just sleeps people. They'll barely really touch them, not you know even landing that kind of not making that full connection with his punches. And these guys all of a sudden they just wobble. It, it, it's, it's absolute madness. But Engaru um, he did fall short in their first encounter, losing on points as we've previously stated. What do you think Nganu needs to do differently to win this fight? Surely
1: he has to make changes of some sort. 100%. And I'd say one of the main things that he needs to do is he needs to work on getting up from his back. In that first fight, when he was getting taken down by Maiochic, who is an NCAA Division I wrestler, he's a very good wrestler, he looked like a fish out of water. He didn't know how to get up. He didn't look too interested in getting up, to be honest. He was kind of just damage limitation at that point. He, he accepted the position and just tried to... Said so limit the amount of damage he was taking. Uh, also grappling against the cage. When he was getting put against the cage, he kind of, he didn't really look for the underhooks very often. He didn't look to get to a better position. He kind of just was, he's relied so much on his brute strength through all of his previous fights. And when that didn't work, it looked like there was no pambi. Um The takedown defences as well, it's, it just wasn't really there again he just he, he's so strong that he just looks for those power stops and if he can't get that power stop then there is nothing else that he has that can stop what motich wants to do to him wrestler wise and he stays very square on which for a wrestler i mean both the legs are just right in front of him you can just grab him um and he is cardio. He needs to work on that cardio. After round one, he looked like he was completely gassed by round four and five. His hands were by his waist. He couldn't lift his hands up. And he was coasting to try and get a bit of energy back for a last 30 seconds of blitz, which didn't really come. The striking was wild, um, which it needs to be more precise. You know, Mertz is a Golden Glove champion. So just coming in and swinging big, big bombs is. It's not going to work on Milicic, and we saw his head movement. The head movement was too much for Nganu. He couldn't land those big shots that he does on everyone else. So he needs to be a bit more crisp with his striking as well.
0: No, I definitely agree. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And that first fight, Nganou definitely fought to survive. After that first couple of rounds, there was no plan B. And I think with a fighter so advanced at Milicic, he's got several ways of winning the fight. So uh, also... I remember a famous quote, actually, that you told me many years ago that it's all good having big muscles, but if you haven't got the oxygen to use them, then what's the point? And I think Nganu is a prime example of this because ever since they first fought, for me personally, I just don't think Nganou's really showed me anything to that, that. He hasn't showed me anything that to, to say that he's improved his game since that first fight. What's he done? He, since then, he's continued to knock people out, and it's all good doing that. But at the same time, we don't know if he's actually worked on things during that period. And no. in all fairness, it isn't his fault because he hasn't needed to get to the ground because ultimately he's chilling his opponents.
1: Exactly. Uh, in, although I have seen recently he's been training with Kamaru Usman, okay. who is obviously the welterweight champion, very good wrestler. But as I said, maybe is an NCAA Division One wrestler. And the time between the first fight and this fight And with also Miocic fighting Daniel Cormier, so he will be working on wrestling as well. There's just not enough time for Ngannou to even get close to closing that gap of the difference in wrestling level, which is why I think he's going to struggle there.
0: For sure, for sure. Very interesting points being made there. If he falls short again against Miocic, where does Ngannou go?
1: Mm, There's still a lot of fights to make, uh, heavyweight for Ngannou if he loses. Um, a Derek Lewis rematch where he doesn't look so where neither of them look so timid. that was arguably one of the most boring fights in MMA history it was built up to be you know a guaranteed first round knockout for someone and it just didn't happen they, they both went in and they, they both respected each other far too much and it just didn't come off so maybe a rematch there Derek Lewis has coming off a few knockout wins especially recently when Curtis Blades so a rematch there would be good. Um Ghani, another upcoming heavyweight, just beaten Junior Dos Santos. Um, that would be a big fight to make. You know, it's, it's an up-and-comer versus, you know, the guy that is one place off the top. Um, so th- there is there is a lot of fights to make at heavyweight for Ngannou, regardless of the outcome of this fight.
0: For sure. Um, I think with Ngannou as well, I think he needs to be careful he doesn't become that kind of gatekeeper i think and make, i hope he doesn't stick around the ufc too long because obviously he has that he carries that um uh, that mad power and i think there's other opportunities out there for him for example he's to his game he's shown us that he's more of a striker could he make the transition to boxing he has the power he has that kind of boxing style maybe that could be another opportunity for him surely
1: yeah he has that Deontay Wilder power where no matter what happens during the fight he just lands that one punch no matter when it is and that's it, the the fight's done and everything you've done to him doesn't really matter, all the damage doesn't matter because he just lands that one bomb but can he do that with the boxing glove on? Mm, I'm not too sure.
0: That's very true. I remember actually when he was linked with a fight in Dillian White not so long ago but um, (laughs) I think that was more of a fantasy fight if anything. Uh, can you see the winner of this fighting John Jones?
1: One hundred percent. John doesn't go up to heavyweight to fight a contender. He's going up for the big fight. He's going up for the money fight. He's got time to make up from when he was out of the sport. So he's going up and he's fighting for the belt. I I would say that's probably a guarantee.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think um, I think if Myosic wins, there'll be massive demand for. Myosis and John Jones to fight each other because these these guys, you know, Myosis has dominated the heavyweight division for so long. John Jones dominated the light heavyweight division for so long. It, it just makes so much sense for them yeah. to get it on. It
1: would be the light heavyweight go versus the heavyweight go. And, it, you know, it's the fight, the fight that fans want to see. I don't want to see John go up in weight and risk fighting someone like Derek Lewis where he could get knocked out. And then we just lose the the super fight. I want to see him go straight up and take on the big man,
0: for sure, for sure. Do you think any of them can beat Jones?
1: Uh, it would be very interesting seeing you know how how does John carry that that weight at uh, heavyweight? We saw last time when he had his first comeback fight against Oven St. Prue, and he did a lot of weights beforehand. He did a lot of uh, squats, a lot of deadlifts, and he was very. Um, very prominent on social media with it. And after the fight, you could, or during the fight, you could see he was, he was getting gassed. And he said after the fight that he's not going to go back to doing that because of how his body felt. And his coach, Greg Jackson, said the same thing, that he never wants to see John go through that sort of procedure again where he starts really you know, going heavy on the weights. And it, it kind of looks like that's what John's doing now, to put the weight on to go to heavyweight. So it'd be interesting to see how he carries that weight to heavyweight and does he end up carrying a bit more more knockout power at heavyweight.
0: For sure. And ultimately as well, can he take a punch at heavyweight? That's the main thing.
1: Yes. He got dropped by Dominic Reyes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Smaller guys as well. Don't get me wrong. Light heavyweight in UFC is a lot bigger than boxing, for example. And they are really, they are light heavyweights in UFC are actually small heavyweights. Whereas in boxing, a light heavyweight's about 12 and a half stone. So it's just a great yeah. different ballgame in mixed martial arts.
1: And although that on John's behalf, the fact that we're talking about the one time, realistically, that he's been dropped kind of says a lot for him. The fact that that's like kind of realistically one of the most standout things you can ever say about him is that we, he got dropped once.
0: And Jose Reyes is one of the top boxers in UFC as well. With the way he his boxing, he has a boxing style. Ultimately, doesn't he? So yeah, Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes, yeah. sorry, I said Jose Reyes. Then sorry. Um, at thirty-eight years of age, Miocic has been there and done it. Two-time UFC heavyweight champion and has beaten everyone they put in front of him, as we've previously stated. Do you think this could be his last fight, or do you see him chasing that super money fight with John Jones? Providing he's successful, of
1: course. If he's successful in this fight, then it, I don't see why you wouldn't take the John Jones fight. It's one more fight. Um, it's a super fight. You you can you can battle for a much bigger contract for this one fight um, and and then make your way out of the sport. I think if he wins that as well, then I think it would be unanimously that Moj is the heavyweight GOAT. Um, and as we, there, would be, there wouldn't really be anything more for him to do after that. As if he loses the Ngannou fight, though, then I think that would be his last fight. I don't see him working his way back up to become a title challenger again. Um, then also have to fight Ngannou again, that monster. Uh, and at this age, he, uh, he's probably going to end up being around 40 at this point. He has a child. He has a part-time job as a firefighter. I don't see... The benefits of doing that.
0: No, and especially when you have a legacy secured, no matter what happens this weekend, in my opinion, Myosic is still the greatest heavyweight of all time, unquestionably. Yes. And he's financially secured. So exactly. Why would he go? to make a lot of
1: money. Exactly. make an awful lot of money.
0: And the the only the only fight that makes sense, Mayosic going forward, is John Jones. There's no other heavyweight contenders that make sense for yeah. him anymore. It's and only and John if Jones say to,
1: to my outage, oh, do you want to fight Derek Lewis or do you want to fight John Jones? No. And we're going to pay you triple. Uh, who, who on this planet is going to go, yeah, do you know what? I'll, I'll take a third of the pay and I'll fight Derek Lewis, exactly who also has freakish knockout power.
0: Yeah, but that's Derek Lewis is a fight I see my Osage winning quite well. So do I.
1: I. I would say the exact same. Um, but then as I said, this is the first time John's ever gone up to this weight so John doesn't even know how his body's going to react mm-hmm. so I think f- taking that fight now because John will probably stay at heavyweight for a good while I think I don't think he's going to come up and no. if he loses that'll be him gone I think this is what that's the weight you will stay at and I think Mayos just better off taking that fight first time and um, you know when John's still fresh at the weight and is learning still.
0: No, definitely. You don't really want to be fighting an active John Jones, especially a heavyweight, where he's going to carry more power, he's going to have more experience.
1: Yeah. And do you want John to go in there two or three times to fight guys and get used to the weight and get used to how the punches feel, how they're grappling and the wrestling feels, or do you want to get him first time?
0: Precisely. Uh, so we're going to go with the prediction. Ollie, who wins the main event and how?
1: My prediction is Steve Miocic wins the main event. He wins it the same as the last time, but I think he's a bit more dominant with the wrestling. I think Francis, um, as I said, he's not had enough time to close the skill gap. And with Miocic fighting Cormier, his wrestling only going to have improved. It'll have had to it. Um, I don't see Miocic realistically entertaining the fight on the feet for very long at all, if ever. Maybe in the later rounds, if it mm-hmm. goes that far. Um but yeah, I just see it being a wrestling domination by Stephen Miocic a decision win.
0: Yeah, I personally can't see Miocic changing anything for this fight. Like I said earlier, Nganu hasn't really showed much over his last few victories he's had, that he's changed much. So I think Miocic will probably feel the same way. Unless Miocic gets complacent and walks into a powerful shot, which could well happen, yeah. especially at heavyweight, that's the only way he's, I he's see going to get Meosich.
1: caught with a punch or two. It just as long as he can survive him early on,
0: yeah. But I just, I just see Milicic dragging Ngani into deep waters again and he's
1: too well rounded,
0: possibly getting the late stoppage or maybe
1: uh, to make a statement for the John fight,
0: yeah. But most Whereas likely, in the,
1: yeah. Sorry. In the end of that first fight, he kind of just let the time run out. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think he may either he may just go, you know, I'm gonna make a statement here and it's all sell the John Jones fight even more.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think most likely this goes to points again. And I think um Engano will probably he knew how to survive before, and he probably will survive the fight again, in my opinion. But yeah, I'd have to go with my Osage points. We're gonna turn our attention to a big fight, however, it's no longer taking place this Saturday. It was supposed to be the Cone of Main event. It was for the featherweight title between Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega. However, the fight will take place over the next month or so. Volkanovski tested positive for COVID. We wish him a speedy recovery. Volkanovski isn't beaten in the UFC. However, many fans believe that he shouldn't have won that fight against Max Holloway. The judges obviously disagreed and gave Volkanovski the split decision that night. Now he takes on Ortega at UFC, well not at UFC 260 anymore, but later in the month. Ortega's just coming off a lopsided decision over the Korean Zombie. Mm. Do you think Volkanovski uh, Volkanovsky <laughs> needs to make a statement to prove to the fans that he's number one when the fight happens?
1: Absolutely. I think this fight is a very good fight, but I think it's going to get shrouded with Max Holloway. I think the way those first two fights went with Holloway and how close they are and how a lot of people think Holloway won, especially that second fight. Um, Balkanovsky really, you know, he has to come out and he said he has to make a statement. This is also going to get compared to the way Max beat Ortega. Um, he, he beat him in you know, dominant fashion. And I think if Volkanovski doesn't at least do that, then everyone is just gonna say, ah, oh, you know, well, this is what Max did to him. You barely did that. Max also well most people think beat you. So I don't think he'll be respected as much of a champion.
0: No, I completely agree with you. I think like we previously stated that a lot of people thought Max Holloway won that fight. So If people are going to take Volkanovski serious and say he deserves to be the champion, I think he really needs to do a job on Ortega to show, hang on a minute, when I fought Holloway, that was my best performance. I've just proven to you now, I've absolutely destroyed the top, arguably one of the top UFC contenders here.
1: And what Max has also done with that Calvin Qatar fight is just put the pressure on even more. He went out there and he put on, you know, he put on a clinic realistically that was just a boxing clinic and that has just put even more pressure on Volkanovski Mm. to go out and he has to really make a statement
0: Definitely, I completely agree however, let's give Volkanovski some props here, he's won his last 19 fights and he's not lost since 2013 the last time he's lost was in the Australian Fighting Championship days, so a long time ago however how much of a threat will Ortega be to his win streak?
1: Ortega's a serious threat to anyone. He, you know, he, he's obviously been working on his striking a bit. Um, he's been training with TJ, so if that has anything to go by, you know, TJ um, under Dwayne Ludwig, his striking improved tenfold, and he became the champion. Um, so his, his striking, you feel, has to have improved, especially after that Max fight. Um, and in the Korean zombie fight, uh, he's a first-degree black belt in the Gracie so you know he's always, always deadly on the on on the floor, and that's that is that is bread and butter, and that's where he will want the fight to go. But then you know the way Volkanovski is built, he's small and he's stacked, and he's he's not a bad wrestler himself, so it would be interesting to see how Ortega's BJJ comes up against um, Volkanovski's wrestling.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Ortega's only tasted defeat once, and that's to Max Holloway. So this will be a serious challenge to Volkanovski. And like we already said, Volkanovski really needs to prove a point here because this guy is legit. But, however, what does Ortega need to do to make a second time lucky, do you think?
1: He needs to stick to what he does best. He needs to get the fight to the floor and he needs to start working his submissions. He's got seven submission wins. Volkanovski has 11 KOs on his record. So I don't think keeping the fight standing is where Brian Ortega needs the fight to be. It needs to go to the floor and he needs to do what he's dangerous at. And I think that that's his best chance of winning.
0: Interesting stuff. So as previously stated that Volkanovski, he's won 19 fights coming into this if he was to make it 20 wins in a row, do you think that it's almost a given that the rematch with Holloway will happen next? Or do you think he'll attempt another weight class?
1: I think no matter what happens next, for Max, Max will fight for the title. Um, You know, just the way his fights have gone recently, it's impossible. You can't deny that man a title shot next. Um, Whether Ortega... uh, if, if Otego wins, obviously it's guaranteed that that's going to happen. If, as you said, Volkanovski wins, does he go down? He, he used to weigh over 100 kilos when he was playing rugby, and he, he's got the height to go down, so he's, he's, he's got the frame, but he's got so much muscle that will his body allow him to lose that weight and still perform You know, at championship level? And also, if he was to get, if he go down... Um, the 135-pound division is stacked at the minute as well. So there, it, it would be hard for him to jump the queue there because there's a lot of guys that, I mean, re, realistically, we're probably going to see a, a P.E. versus Aljamain still in rematch. And then there's also going to be TJ's fighting Corey Sanderhagen soon, which is realistically a title eliminator. There, there's a lot going on at 135. So I think if Volkanovski wins, he'll have that trilogy with Max Holloway.
0: If he he wanted to become a champ champ, what weight class do you think would be better suited to him? So if he was going to go up or down, where would you prefer to see him go?
1: It depends on how the lightweight division plays out. If Mike Chandler wins the belt, Mm -hmm. um, he's probably going to end up fighting the winner of McGregor versus Mm Poirier 3. And if if Chandler holds the belt until that point and then Volkanovski wants to go, up in weight, I think fighting Michael Chandler would be one of his best options. I think if he was to fight, so if McGregor ends up winning it, I think it would be like the Chad Mendes fight. He'd just be too small. I don't think he'd be dangerous enough to beat McGregor. Um, if Poirier ends up winning the belt, I think Poirier is just he's too big of a fighter. He's a very big man. He, he walks around out of camp at about 190. So I, I just think he's too big. Um, I think Michael Chandler, just because of it brings the height down, they, they're the same sort of build. I think that's his best chance. If he went up, uh, if he was to go down, then... He'd lose a
0: lot of muscle, I think, wouldn't he, if he'd go down? Yeah. Because obviously his style is based him. on his, his powerful build, his presence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's his Yeah, how he overwhelms so. his opponents is a big factor for him. So I think, yeah, it's, it's quite a loser situation because if he goes up to lightweight, they're probably there's monsters up there exactly, they're too big, like you said. Uh, Poré walks around at like 190, whereas if he goes down, he's going to be losing a lot of muscle. So, he's probably at the right division. I think it would take probably a big win streak for people to demand him to go another weight class, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, and even at Feather, there's a lot of fighters at Featherweight still. they mm. it's just Max is the people's champ, and everyone wants Max to be the champ. So it's very hard for anyone else to even have the belt, I think, at the minute, because everyone just loves Max.
0: And I mean, Max is such a likable guy as well. Like he, yeah, just,
1: that's me. He's for like, everyone. For Volskowsky really. to go off to another weight class, everyone's gonna, everyone will be fuming for Max, mm. which is why I, I think they wouldn't allow it, and they'd make him fight Max. Because I think from a company point of view, if you have someone that is like the people's champ. They'd want him to be the champ as well because that's the people will pay to watch him. Mm. So I think they'll, they would make that fight, you know, in, in, the, in the business sense, hoping that Max wins.
0: Yeah, I think everyone's that story of Max Holloway's redemption, don't they? So, yeah, I think that's what sells. I think mean, that's what a lot of people be interested in. I think that's how the pay per views will sell. Without further ado, what's your prediction for that fight that isn't happening on this card, but we'll talk about it anyway?
1: I think Volkanovski wins a decision. I think it'll be a little bit of a boring grind and fight um, with some sparks of, you know, some some punches being thrown and landed. But personally, I see it just being a bit of a grind. Um, And Volkanovski working a decision.
0: Yeah, I think Volkanovski will probably get a third round KO. I think he'll overwhelm Ortega with his strength and power and his determination to win. However, I do think if Volkanovski got a bit reckless, he might walk into a choke or some sort of uh, submission. But I think if, Volk- if Volkanovski uses his aggression it, with with calculation, I think he, he could win this fight pretty well and look good yeah.
1: it. Yeah.
0: I think it's down to Volkanovski, what kind of Volkanovski turns up and how much of the point he's willing to prove in this fight. Yeah. We will move on now to an interesting contest that is taking place on this card still, as far as I'm aware. Tyron Woodley. This is Vicente Luque. I hope I pronounce his name right. Apologies to those who thought I pronounced it wrong. Woodley was a champion for quite a long time. He holds one of the. I think he's. Is he the second uh, biggest hold, most record holder for I'm the World's Way? Sure. We'll have to look into that when we revisit this episode. He lost his last three fights against arguably the top three boys in division: Kamara Usman, uh, Gilbert Burns, and Kobe Covington. He's been quite controversial in the past with some comments he's made, and he also doesn't have the best relationship with Dana White. Is this a must-win for Tyron Woodley,
1: Ollie? 100%. If he loses this, that's four losses in a row. He um, said he doesn't have the best relationship with the UFC, and more importantly, Dana White, the man who calls the shots. So if he does lose this, I, depending on his contract, if he has fights left, the UFC may just allow him to you know, um, fight out his contract, just maybe on an undercard. Um and then let him go after that. Or, you know, if this is the last fight in his contract, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they let him go there. But there's a lot of opportunities for him outside the UFC as well. Bellator, I'm sure, or the Pro Fight League, would be more than happy to pick him up. So it wouldn't be the end of the road for Tyron Whitley. It would just maybe be the end of the road in the UFC for him.
0: Yeah, and I think UFC being the top level, I think ultimately there would be other organisations where he'd be very successful in. If he was to leave the UFC, however, I think if he loses this contest, I think it all it almost gives Dana an excuse to get rid of him. At the same time, especially if he loses and stinks the place out, because let's be fair, his pay per views haven't been the most successful over the years. No, he was. It's a shame because he was a great champion and a great fighter, and
1: yeah, a lot of potential.
0: And potentially could have fought Conor McGregor at one point, but I think because. He was so unpopular with fans, that's why it never happened because he was definitely like a worthy the, opponent the, at the time.
1: Yeah, the Wonder Boy fight, especially the second one again, which you, you fall asleep watching it.
0: Yeah, it, it, that was both fights were absolutely terrible, to be fair. I mean, the first one had its moments, I believe there was a knockdown, think, wasn't there?
1: I think he gets away with the first one though, because the main event for that uh card was McGregor versus Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was such a perfect performance by McGregor. I think people kind of forget how boring the Woodley fight was just before it. Yeah. But the second one, the second one is there. There is no forgetting how boring that was.
0: Am I not mistaken? Wasn't there an altercation between McGregor and Woodley um, backstage as well? They show? had
1: a little. They had a little uh, stare off um, yeah. after weigh in Yeah.
0: So that but, uh, could have been. Um, that could be almost. You know, that could have sold the fight, ultimately. That could have been a good opportunity for McGregor to have fought Woodley after that. But we can't dwell on the past for too long. Vicente Luque has won his last two fights. He's been in with some good fighters. He's lost to Stephen Thompson and Leon Edwards, respectively. But he does have a win against Mike Perry, which is a credible name. He's now going to test himself against the former world champion in Woodley. This is a big opportunity for Luque, don't you think, Ol?
1: It is a massive opportunity for him. You know, Gilbert Burns, um, after beating Tyron Woodley, got a title shot. I don't think it would go that way for Vincent Luque, just because of the fact that Tyron Woodley is on a bit of a skid, but he's on a skid to, as you said, three of the best guys in the division. He has not had an easy ride for his past few fights. Um, but this could push Luque you know to call out top five opponent he could fight like if someone like Gilbert Burns has just lost to the champ so it could it wouldn't put him in a title fight but it could put him up into contention to call out someone that is calling or knocking on the door of a title shot
0: mm-hmm. no definitely I think this is a career defining fight for Luque this is the name he would be gunning for and he wins this he breaks into that top five and who knows the opportunities that this could lead lead to for him it is it's massive.
1: Yeah, if he wins this, he's he could arguably be a fight off fight with the belt.
0: Especially if then he delivers. Sorry, if he delivers the, the, that the welterweight division. Go on, sorry.
1: Is stacked. There's there's so much in the welterweight division that you could end up if, if that's the route you're going. to... You could end up waiting two years before you get a title shot. So it's it's a risk. You may have to you may have to weigh up of does he sit out for the time whilst the people above him fight for the belt? Or does he stay active and risk his top spot?
0: I think what's also important to remember is as well that Usman's more or less cleaning up at the moment in that division. And he might yeah. run out of opponents to fight soon. So it could yeah. be an opportunity for Luke sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, although there is. Then obviously, um, Leon Edwards. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, and the talk about Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington, and that would be a, a title eliminator.
0: What a fight! Um, that
1: is. So th- there is there is a lot going on. It's a, it's a dangerous division, um, but as you said, Usman is kind of clearing clearing up. He's undefeated in the UFC, um, and th- they might just run out of opponents, and Luke might just get in luck.
0: No, definitely for sure. What do you think is the key victory? The key to victory for both of these guys. We'll start with Tyron Woodley first. How does he win this fight all?
1: Woodley's a two-time NCAA Division I wrestling champion. I think for him, he just needs to do what he's done best. He's also got a bomb in his right hand. So uh, he just needs to get a hold of Luke and just make, as he said, to stink the place. If If he does win and he stinks the place out and he just makes it another boring fight, the UFC uh, is a double-edged sword. From the UFC, I'm going to want to renew a contract with someone that is not fan-friendly. Realistically, although it is, it's all about you know pure martial arts and all this stuff. But it's an entertainment business, and they're there to make money. Um, but he if he, if he wants to just win and get his confidence back, he needs to just stick to his wrestling. It's a three-round fight, you know, and it, he, he shouldn't be getting tired in a three-rounds fight, and he should just drag Liuqi to the defense. Um, for Luke, I think he needs to keep the distance. He needs to keep the distance, work his Thai, start chopping the legs. You know, Woodley's got massive legs. He's not the tallest of men, so he's just very stacked. Um, so I think he needs to just start you know, chopping them legs and just stay at a distance, avoid that big overhand um, and just be ready to sprawl, but don't bite too much because, you know, Woodley could start faking the takedowns to throw that overhand, right? So he, I think Luke needs to do more on the night he needs to be more aware than what Woodley would need need to be um for them to win this fight.
0: No definitely because Woodley's got that championship experience ultimately see so he's been there and done it. He knows <clears throat> different ways of how to win. He's grinded up victories in the past. But do you think if Luke made it uncomfortable for Woodley really pressed him do you think that could work in his favour?
1: It depends how Woodley comes into this fight. You know, he's lost three fights in a row. Does mm. does he have? He's not going to have the confidence that he did. So, how is Woodley going to come into this fight? Is he going to mentally be ready if Luke comes in and makes it? You know, a, a, just a draining fight and a dangerous fight. Is Woodley still going to have that championship mentality of you know just being on it and just being there? And it'll be interesting to see how he comes into it.
0: I think what's also important for Woodley is, you know, he may win and sink the place out, but ultimately he could be finishing his UFC career with a win. And for his legacy, I think that's also important for him.
1: And just um, if, even if he does win and he gets released, that's a good, you know, bartering, bartering tool going into negotiations for another um, <clears throat> company if possibly wishes to do. You know, yeah. He's coming off a win and not coming off a loss. So he could. Um get more pay through that.
0: Yeah, and he also proves the point that he's not completely washed up, he's still capable of beating top guys. If you're in the UFC, you are the top 20 in the world. you know what I mean? In in the sport, yeah. easily. So if he has a win against someone of that caliber, that shows that he's still capable. And that would be yeah, his, he said it, his it, selling to him ultimately.
1: He's not, as I said, he's not washed up if he gets a win. He's still he's still dangerous and he can still fight, whereas if he loses it, the other companies are going to be like, Let, we also have some dangerous fighters here, you've lost four in a row. Mm-hmm. How do we know you're not going to come in here, we're going to give you update big contract, and you're just going to lose another three? That's kind of, it. Just we'll lose our money on you. So it is very interesting to see how Woodley goes about
0: it. No, and just to the point that you were making about other companies saying that we've got top fighters, look at Chandler, he came over to the UFC, and now he's... a He's got to win. And now he's been talked about for a world top. Well, he is having a world title fight next.
1: Yeah. Fight Charles Leviere for the title.
0: Exactly. So that proves the point that UFC isn't the only company with good fighters. There are others with plenty of world-class talent as well. Yeah. Without further ado, let's go to the prediction. Oli, what do you predict that's going to happen for this fight?
1: Personally, I have... Woodley win a decision. I think he's gonna do exactly as we said. He's just gonna make it very boring. He's just gonna get a win, get his confidence back, mm-hmm. and you know, just do what he does best.
0: I'm going to disagree with that one. I think that Woodley looks pretty shot, to be honest with me. Like I haven't seen a good Tyron Woodley. I can't remember the last time I saw a good Tyron Woodley performance, to be honest with you. Even when he won fights. I thought like he was on the slide a little bit, especially in the Stephen Thompson ones. However, he did look good against Darren Till a few years ago. But I'm going to go with a Luke win. I think Luke's going to win on points. I think it's going to be a hard fought fight, but I think Luke's going to do a bit more. He's going to be more determined because this is a big opportunity and career defining fight. Willie's been and done it, and I think mentally that's going to work in Luke's favour.
1: Well, does anyone wait to find out? <clears throat>
0: There is, and when we revisit this, we'll see who was writing the predictions. Now we're going to turn our attention to the final fights we will discuss on this episode. Sean O'Malley, this is Thomas Almeida. So O'Malley will let steal the show, as he usually does, but it won't be easy against the experienced Brazilian. Overall, both bantamweight fighters like to strike, so the bout should be quite entertaining. Despite being on a free-fight losing skid, Almeida's never really an easy touch. I think, I believe that Garbrandt and O'Malley are kind of on a collision course. That's Cody Garbrandt and Sean O'Malley. They're kind of on a collision course to meet at the moment. However, in order to make that a reality, O'Malley will need to pass this acid test against Thomas Almeida. Ollie, the White division couldn't be more alive right now. In fact, the former UFC champion, TJ Dillashaw, He's returned from his suspension recently. In addition, with Garbrandt, Sterling, and the and the champion PTN, there's a lot of opportunities out there. This could be a big one for Amali, couldn't it?
1: Yes and no. I think his last mile on Vera um, has done a lot of damage um, to his future potential fights in in the in the immediate future. Um, it's hard to, if he wins this fight, then it is. It's hard to see who does he call out. After, does he forget a fighter that is coming off another loss? Does he go for you know like Marlon Marais, or does he get to go in with someone like Cody, who is also coming off a win but is you know he's a lot higher ranked. That it is it's a weird one to see where he goes because Almeida is, as I said he's also on a poor run. He's lost a good few fights. Cody, you know really, he, he knocked him out quite clean on his way up to the top. So if he was to have that fight of O'Malley and Cody, I, I'd say O'Malley would have to kind of do something similar. He needs to he needs to go out and make a statement that he uh, he's not just, you know, a top 10 guy that'll just be around there.
0: Is that a fight you'd be interested to see? O'Malley, this Garbrandt? Does that interest you?
1: Yes. Um, as as long as O'Malley comes out and does you know what what he has been doing, where he's been getting you know like some flashy knockouts, he, he he's, his his striking is very flashy, and it's fun to watch as a fan. Um, and then also Cody's just got that wild swing, and if he lands, then you're out. So it would it would be interesting to watch as a fan, but only if O'Malley wins this fight. If O'Malley doesn't win this fight and you know, I struggle to see where O'Malley goes after that Yeah,
0: yeah I think especially with O'Malley being a striker I think him and Garbrandt would be an interesting matchup and I think he'd be a good fan-friendly fight and I think the winner of that potentially gets a title shot so it would yeah. be a big fight, a very big interesting fight The big four in the division, it's fair to say this Jan, Sterling, Dillashaw and Garbrandt how do you rank O'Malley amongst those guys?
1: Um, firmly at the bottom firmly at the bottom um, on current just seeing how O'Malley you know every fight he goes into he ends up breaking a foot or something like he, he always comes out damaged which is kind of weird, especially when you're fighting the top guys like um, they're very they're very aggressive so you see the way like TJ fights and the way Cody fights they're very aggressive. And I just, I'm not sure how O'Malley copes with that in, in a fight against them.
0: I'm going to ask you the most serious question that of this episode. If you have to put the four of them, you've to rank the four of their hairstyles compared to O'Malley's, who do you think comes out on top?
1: Aljamain Sterling's top.
0: Well, better than O'Malley's um, hair.
1: Yeah, I think. It, because I think he suits it. I don't think O'Malley suits it. No? No. I think O'Malley just looks like a younger brother that never got a job.
0: And Are, just you a hater? All Are you a hater, Ollie? The man no, hairstyle?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the cornrows, no. Not a fan
0: of the cornrows? Um, not the colours either?
1: Uh, no, not particularly. Oh, okay. He looks like um, that guy Takashi 6'9". Oh, but okay. um, yeah. Cody always has a, a sharp haircut. I like Cody's haircut. Um, and then TJ, and I'd say Jan at the bottom.
0: Okay, fair enough. That clears up the uh, the haircut conversation. I was interested to hear your thoughts of your Amali's style, but moving on to the more serious matters. Ollie, do you see Almeida causing O'Malley many problems in this fight? Like you said, he's lost three fights in a row. He kind of looks like he's been a bit of a cannon fodder, just being put there to make Amali look good. In a sense, I get that. That's the impression I get, anyway. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I would agree. People like um, Almeida's had some decent wins, you know, he Brad, take it and that. But it's because he's fairly known to people. I think it's a it's a smart fight for the UFC to put O'Malley in because it puts him kind of straight back into okay, he's got a decent win because uh, people know who Almeida is. Um, but Almeida, you know, he, even though he has lost a few fights, he's still a tough. He's got 17 KOs, I think, on his record.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and at 135, that's insane. Um, he's clearly a very aggressive fighter, and I think that um is it, it could work in Almeida's favor if he just you know leads Almeida onto the punches. But at the same time, with O'Malley seems that he seems to break something every fight, and if Almeida, you know, can come at him and put it on him, and he can land, I, I think that's how Almeida wins the fight.
0: Is it? Would it be unfair to call Almeida a gatekeeper of that division as such? Or no, is he better than that?
1: No, I wouldn't say that's unfair because whenever he has really fought someone of note, he's always lost, mm-hmm. but he he will always be able to beat someone, someone coming up every so often, I think you'll beat him um, but yeah, I would say he, calling him a gatekeeper wouldn't, wouldn't be an insult I think it would be more of a fact
0: OK well, we're going to go to our final prediction of this episode Ollie, what do you predict for this fight?
1: I think Sugar Sean gets the KO, I think he gets it he gets another highlight reel knockout I think it puts him back in contention and because it really, I think TJ and Corey Sanderhagen fight. If TJ wins that fight, he either fights Cody, which would be a massive fight that would be absolutely huge, um, especially if Jan and Sterling have a rematch, um, or O'Malley will fight Cody. Interesting. And that is my prediction.
0: Okay, um, I think Almeida. My Almeida is obviously a tough guy, but. I do feel like he's been put in there for Omali to make a statement and to put him in the mix with that big four. So I think Omali will win this by second round KO. Right. I think that's a good time to wrap it up now. Uh, just a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at capital Y underscore capital C for clinch. We are also on YouTube. If you just search a clinch fight podcast, You can also check us out on Instagram with a clinch fight podcast as well. Thank you, Oli, for joining me on this podcast tonight. Congratulations on your debut. Welcome to the team.
1: I look forward to more episodes.
0: Yep, likewise. Goodbye, guys.